Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is looking resplendent in Soho House. I was in Soho House this week, Josh. Were you? Actual Soho House, yeah. The one that looks most like your library area at home, which is on Dean Street in uh, in London's fashionable Soho. Love it there. And I took my mum there for lunch. Um, and yeah, it's, it was like being in your in your special room. So, well, you're welcome um, to come here for lunch whenever thanks. whenever you like. Um, was this a celebrating of being allowed to have an indoor meal? Kind of, yeah. It was, it, to be honest, it was completely coincidental. I, when I booked it, I, I didn't really even realise that was happening. So, um, yeah, but it was fine. It was good. How was, was the good. food? Was it better or worse than the it bean burgers normal. the Emirates? Absolutely. It was, oh, it was better than the Emirates, obviously. It was absolutely normal, yeah. And also, um, found out today back back to the Emirates uh, on Sunday for the for the Brighton game. Are you going? Do you know what I was in the ballot with uh, with other people last time around, and they seemed to not deal with it for Sunday or oh, they pulled dear. pulled themselves out at some point. So I'm actually uh, I'm actually not going uh, at the moment, which is a, a shame. Oh. Although we may Terrible. or may not have a chance of seventh by. Um, by well, we'll know sort of late tomorrow yeah. night, won't we? So, uh, yeah, we no, will. I'm, I'm we should envious. introduce, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll find out, we'll find out what the current um betting is on us finishing in the top seven. I trust because uh, we have the legendary Alan Alga with us. Hi, Alan. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well, yeah. What, what are the what are the odds of us right now as we speak, Tuesday, 7 p.m.? What are the odds of us getting in the top seven for the all important Europa Conference League position? Well, because games are ongoing at the moment, they'd have been taken down. But oh. I understand they were about twelve to one prior to the game. Okay, okay. Prior to the game, yeah. we'll the, talk the, about that in. in the, the we'll talk about that tonight, in depth. Obviously, are not yeah. the ones that hugely impact 
um, ours in terms of our, our race for seventh. I mean, that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, doesn't it? The race for seventh. <laughs> but tomorrow night is is really interesting, isn't it? We've got Everton home to Wolves at, at six, and then you've got Tottenham Villa also at six, and then we play at seven. Uh, and you've got West Ham, West Ham and Liverpool involved at 8.15. Yeah. So, yeah, really exciting night tomorrow. It's all happening tomorrow. Um, so this is our special preview of that. That's what I'm calling it, even though we have, it's, it's, I've been um, over a, nearly a week since the Chelsea triumph, but we haven't had a podcast since then. Um, uh, so we talk about that. But before any of that, before we talk about any of that stuff, um, let us remind ourselves that um, we are... We are still being sponsored at the moment by HyperX, the makers of premium gaming peripherals, Josh. And they are offering UK-based customers 20% of their entire full-price gaming headset range throughout May. And it's a massive range of headsets because they sent us them and they're very good and they work brilliantly. Terms and conditions apply. Head on over to uk.hyperx.com to read the terms and conditions and to use the discount code ARSENAL, as in Arsenal Football Club and Footballistically Arsenal. Once, just 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 put that discount code once at the checkout, and there you go. You can um, get some excellent uh, headphones, headsets aimed at gamers primarily, but anyone can use them because I'm not a gamer and I'm using them right now. Anyway, back to um, the matters at hand as far as Arsenal's concerned. It's interesting, isn't it, Alan? Because last week I said, um, you know, I thought before the Chelsea game, <laughs> of course, I said I thought um, Arteta, I'd be quite happy for Arteta to go um, after this deeply, in many ways, deeply unimpressive season. Then various things happened. We beat Chelsea. We triumphed over Chelsea, which was obviously fantastic. It was always great. So we did the double over them this season. And then Orbino on um, the, the legendary kind of stats man on Twitter, tweeted quite a few very interesting stats including that, you know, we're in the top four, if you count our games since Christmas, things like that. And, I mean, Arsenal right now have got the third best defence, I believe, in the whole league. Um, so my question to you, my first question to you, Alan, is, is it been, has he done that bad a job, in fact? Or actually, is it more difficult to work out how good or bad a job he's done? I think it's certainly difficult to work out. And I, I, I think we're in the zone as we have been with managers and players in the last 10 years, where you can make cases both sides. So it obviously means that, you know, something's not quite right if you can make a case both sides. You want to be unequivocal in saying, yes, you know, that player is delivering, that manager is delivering. But for the last 10 years, there's always been a debate. Has has there been a player or, or manager we've had in the last 10 years where everybody is unanimously behind them? It, it hasn't happened because you can point to the good stats and the bad stats. And if you take them all as one group or the negative as one group, then you can obviously back up your claim. It, it's not helped by the fact that most of these debates are played out on Twitter, which is exactly like that anyway, because, <laughs> you know, it is it is binary. But there are certain stats you can point to that would say Mikel Arteta deserves a full year next year as Arsenal boss with support of the board and in the normal circumstances of a non-COVID season. But there are also plenty of stats and facts that you can use to say it might be a hell of a risk to do that as a big club that could probably attract a more experienced boss that might actually get a little bit better out of the squad. 
So we're again yeah. left in a bit of limbo. And I think if everyone's honest, regardless of the side of the argument they're on, if everyone's honest, I think they can come to that conclusion that it's not clear cut. Yeah, I think that's true, um, Josh, isn't it? I guess my only feeling is that I still st- I still stick to my um, feeling that I'd like to see Arsenal, this current Arsenal with this squad, with a really obviously good manager, a tried and tested, provenly successful, you know, kind of weighty, internationally renowned manager of some kind. You, you were hoping Thomas... for Wenger to come back? Is that what you were alluding <laughs> good to? Good one. That's good. Good timing. Good comic timing. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, you know, one a Thomas Tuchel type figure. Although interestingly, yeah. of course, Chelsea now now floundering, having been beaten by Arsenal, lost the cup final. You know, God knows what happened from there. But but do you know what I mean? And I think I was looking, I was thinking about it, particularly like looking back to going going back to the last few years of the Wenger period. I'm not going to I'm not going to re- litigate that argument. But just to say that we've ne- we've always been a bit short in every area. You know, in in so in like in terms of like playing in the squad in the latter Wenger years, you know, we, you know, the underinvestment in the squad was a problem when we moved to the Emirates. Then we kind of invested a bit more, but then we're always like two or three players short in the Leicester year, the year Leicester won the league, for example, we were definitely one or two players short. And, you know, I never felt that we actually could win the league that year when Leicester won it. When that was the year when, you know, all the other big teams were, were underperforming. That was a big chance. Then they didn't recognize that Wenger was in decline. And, you know, it was like a big, there was like a stasis at the club at that point, And the people in charge of the club couldn't recognize that. And that he went on too long. And then the decline carried on. And then we got a kind of, you know, not quite, great manager, kind of average manager, Emery, when he took over, clear flaws in his in, in, in his appointment. Then now, with, you know, with Arteta, we've got another manager who clearly is a punt. It's a big punt. And I'm like, why don't at some point a club of our stature, we're still, you know, one of the what, sixth, seventh biggest club in the world. Why don't we just go for it and actually hire a proven successful manager? Wouldn't you be fascinated to see what would happen? Whereas at the moment, we're like, well, we might be fine next year if we give Arteta a go, full season, as Alan says. But equally, it probably won't be because he hasn't particularly shown that he's consistently a good coach and he makes weird decisions, etc. Do you know what I mean? Well, is there an argument to say that, you know, Emery shouldn't have been quite the risk that you're maybe implying that he was? I was just about to say, Josh, that, um, you know, that, that was the Emery appointment. We were getting someone that was in that new generation of managers that had tasted European success and had been fated by big clubs mm. and had obviously taken his big job at PSG. Exactly. And might be about to get some more European success, you know, in, in eight days time with his Villarreal side. So, yeah, I think, you know, we were taking a, a of course, winning the league in, in France is not quite, um, the same achievement as it is potentially in, in other European right. leagues, let's say, given the dominance of PSG. But we weren't exactly, you know, t- taking a punt. In fact, going for Arteta felt a, a reversal from from that kind of strategy. But even now, boys, you you look at the uh, those in the running. Let's call it. I mean, Alan is better qualified to talk about how next manager odds are compiled when there is you know, in effect, actually no live market, so to speak, there is a man in the job, but you know, it's Allegri and Brendan, Brendan Rogers. And then it's a, you know, a whole host of other names that are, you know, in the running. So 
you know, mm. Bren- Brendan Rodgers is, uh, you know, talking England-wise now just, you know, added a, another cup. But, um, you know, it, it, it's not, it's think, not loads yeah, and loads of experienced names, you know, attaching themselves to, you know, even right. being in contention at the moment. Well, but I do think there's a, there's a difference between an Allegri and and even a Rogers than um, the new Nyemri. Do you know what I mean? I think you Nyemri, I think uh, Alan, uh, yeah, you, you, you class him as a, a one of the breed of new younger managers. But I, I, as soon as as soon as he was appointed, Just, I remember reading loads of articles by people who were experts on European or French football or Spanish football, saying he is a deeply flawed manager. And you know his 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 record, you know, apart Boyd. from his. Europa League success, etc. There was always doubts about him. Whereas I think if you pointed Allegri tomorrow, or even Brendan Rodgers, or even Simeone, I don't think I don't think you, you know you'd question. You'd, you'd, there's various topics you could talk about. How could can, can they be with Arsenal? But I think they're all of a stature higher than Unai Emery to me. But just one thing there. Do you know how many managerial games Unai Emery had overseen when he arrived at Arsenal? I mean, a lot. How many? Stagger a guess, Boyd. Uh, just tell me. <laughs> I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be around four hundred, seven hundred and nineteen. Yeah. yeah, when he yeah. arrived at Arsenal, so we right. went from seven hundred and nineteen to zero. You know, yeah. that's the reality yeah. of the So, yeah, I, I think seven hundred ninety. By the way, and still not, you know, really fully accepted as a proven good manager. By the way, but well, the thing, uh, I the think thing about yeah. his record is that he's not, he wasn't managing. PSG or or strong favourites for all of that. He he punched yeah. above his weight with with small clubs for a vast yeah. majority of that. So therefore, you can dent his statistics. I think the one thing that you, that you mentioned there, Boyd, is the fact that people were very opinionated. Those that did know about him saying that um, you know, for want of a better phrase, he shit the bed when he was when he was ahead in games <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and yeah. beware of him trying to turn the taps off when you go ahead in games, which I think did play itself out. But I don't think that there was utter derision at an appointment like that. I think it was seen as, uh, well, you know, eyebrows raised. Yeah, well, he's definitely got a good pedigree. They want to win the Europa League. He's definitely proven at doing that. And let's see how it goes. Whereas the Arteta one, I I always think there's a little bit of um, uh, reversed, well, not xenophobia, but there's a little bit of anti-English stuff that goes on in terms of appointments of these these managers. Ryan Mason at the moment has got no chance of getting that Tottenham job just because he's English, which, you know, it seems to be that it's almost a gesture that he's got that job and he's looking after it. Whereas Arteta, being from Spain and being part of that continental side that, that Arsenal had a while back, He's almost given a little bit of a pass. If he was, if he was sort of conducting these interviews in English and he was an English player, I think there'd be a lot more sort of harsh judgment of of how he's managed the team. And I think he is benefiting from that and his personality. Whereas someone like Mason is is considered absolutely no chance of getting the job, and people turn their nose up at Eddie Howe, probably rightly so. But even Brendan Rodgers, if we think about it, I came on this podcast to say that Brendan Rodgers went favourite just before we appointed Emery and a lot of people were not happy with that so I feel that we've almost made our own little sort of bed of of, of snobbishness and derision of, of those kind of appointments and we get what we deserve because yeah. em- Emery wasn't treated right off the back of that and it's almost like Arteta is being 
overly uh, compensated for because we we knew of him and we you know knew him as a player. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, Ryan Ryan Mason's only what twenty nine or something, isn't he? Isn't he? he's 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 yeah. I mean, he's incredibly young. So I mean, you know, from from I, I, so I don't think this. It doesn't feel like it's the it's the English factor with him, but certainly with Brendan Rodgers. I mean, Brendan Rodgers is fascinating because I would have been among them. You know, I I, I couldn't get my head around it if Arsenal had appointed Brendan Rodgers, say instead of Unai Emery or even Arteta. I think we, it, I think you would have felt at that point. It just doesn't seem quite right. But I think entirely from what you're saying, from a certain kind of weird snobbery about him. And also, Rogers is really interesting because, like, I remember that. I always think of that Channel 5 Fly in the World documentary yeah. <laughs> uh, of him where he was the David Brent. You know, it was literally like the, the, it was it was the football version of The Office, wasn't it? Um, played out for real. And he was such a David Brent-like figure with a big painting of himself in the in his house and all that that it really damaged his reputation, I think, yeah. among yeah. English football fans. Being Liverpool. Yeah, being so, Liverpool. Yeah. He came over as such a kind of doofus that I can't get that out of my head. So even now, he's having this incredible success. Left's having a really good season, let's face it. He's done a brilliant job. And he's and he's done, did a brilliant job in his in, in Scotland and all that. Didn't, didn't do a bad job at Liverpool. But I still would feel a bit weird if if if, if we but now actually, right now at this second, I, I would give it a go. I'd be fascinated to see what he did. With I, I mean, I I don't think he'd come to us though, would he? Uh, I, I know Well, you think why would he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think, and you know, I men- mentioned Tottenham again, not that I want to, but um, they're struggling. They're going to struggle mm. to find someone. Yeah. And if you think about it, up until the Harry Kane news, it was probably ever so slightly a better destination for any um, out-of-work boss than maybe we could have offered, or certainly on a par. So yeah. if for some reason tomorrow we decided that Arteta wasn't the man to lead us into next season, which isn't going to happen. But if 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 that did happen in pre-season, I think we'd be in the same part of the queue as them as to who's yeah. available and who wants to come to us. And I don't yeah. think there really is anybody out there. Um, so I think maybe it does have to be left field and maybe... <laughs> Maybe if Emery had lasted this long and we were looking for someone, it probably would have been Arteta, you know, within a few months anyway, because he might have been the one that we looked at. So it might be that we just got him a little bit earlier than than we than we might have already, uh, because I just don't think there there are options out there for us. I mean, it's a good point because you could say, Josh, couldn't you, that. And I'm slightly arguing it's myself here, but you could say if you're actually in charge of Arsenal, if you are Josh Kroenke, basically, and you're looking at, you know, and and you want to get rid of Arteta, which I think is a completely valid thing to do. But that at this moment in time, when Spurs are looking for a manager as well, you might think, well, who, you know, what's the point? Because who, who are we going to get? You know, it, you could get Thierry Omri or something, probably. But again, you know, well, pretty much. You, you wonder if you could now, given that he seemed to align himself with the uh, potential or slightly unusual. Uh, situation we've had with uh, Daniel Ek um, in that respect. So you'd be surprised if Thierry or Dennis or, or Patrick Vieira could now find a role in the club, given that they've tried to align mm. with a potential new owner. I think that'd be a, a tricky situation. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm with Alan on this. I, th- I think he... <clears throat> Look, we, we we obviously haven't done a podcast since the, the the victory at Chelsea, but you you look at moments like that. And I know we got lucky in that one, but there's a victory at Old Trafford, a, a fantastic home victory um, against Chelsea, against Tottenham, FA Cup victories in the semi final and final last year, 
there's been enough where you, you you probably say we go again because last year we ended up eighth. The likelihood is we are probably heading for eighth. I think the way that the, the fixtures might plan out in the you know these last two rounds. So he might argue that there has been some level of of stability. Um, you know, we, we got further in Europe. So give him a real season with fans in the stadium with a bit more um, knowledge about the squad that he's he's put together um, and presumably a lot more turnover this summer. I mean, we've seen the news this week with, with David Luiz leaving, haven't we, which we no doubt should should talk about. But th- there's enough to just say, look, he, he goes. And I think you're right, buddy. You wouldn't be rushing in to try and find a a new manager right now. And um, yeah, we've got to just concentrate on, you know, some kind of overhaul yeah. of the squad and, uh, and see, see what happens come, come August when, you know, we'll hopefully all be there in the stadium and, you know, a new kit. You've seen that we've got, we got our debut of the new away kit tomorrow that looks lovely. Um, yeah. So, People are yeah, complaining about that. It's not quite the right shade of yellow. It's not quite the right version of the Canon logo. I mean, fucking hell, give me a break. Well, people aren't happy. I've got to tell you, I went um, last week, to, um, accompanied um, Martin Kieran to the filming, the behind-the-scenes video of our, our new third kit that will be uh, out in August. So I, I've seen the third kit as well. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that as well. Is that the blue with the with the zigzag? Well, I feel slightly compromised here to talk about it. Given okay. it was, it's been leaked. I've it's got to tell leaked, you, Josh. they treated it like Fort Knox. I couldn't believe it. Martin had to walk about 10 metres from a room he got changed in, round somewhere into a house. And it, I mean, they were acting as if there was like hundreds of paparazzi at the doors of where this was being filmed. And of course, there was <laughs> absolutely no one. But he he did put on a little jacket as he went between, between the two. But yeah, I've seen that. Um, Third kit, I think yeah. it's really nice. I mean, you've got to say that Adidas content since they've taken over has been has been strong, hasn't it? It's been yeah, they've yeah, done yeah. it really well and tastefully and using yeah. some sort of former players and influencers really nicely. So Josh, that's one Josh, positive. Josh, the fact that we can put it in our top three things that have happened in the last two years is Adidas's content probably probably oh, shows yeah. you where where we are as a club at the moment. Yeah, probably, but we should find these things to, to talk about. You know, quality of bean burgers, kits. Um, you know, th- that that is what people are listening to this podcast for, really, isn't it? We're trying to find the the good in the not so good times. Boy, just uh, yeah. you know, obviously, you're looking forward to being there Sunday. Are you are you doing a pre pre match lunch yes. then to celebrate? We're a pre- yeah, we're having a pre match lunch. Um, I think Donut's gonna gonna book somewhere. Uh, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's really. I mean, it is really. I'm really excited, mainly from the social point of view. To be honest, yeah, I, I'm really much. actually upset now that um, my mates yeah. um, pulled out his ballot. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to do some investigation of uh, of what can be done. Yeah. Uh, I'm for, Alan, you going to be there? I'm not. I'm going to be at uh, West Ham at the weekend. Oh, of course you are. Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's why you're doing West this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, let's have a look. I, 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 let's, I'm, let's I'm do at a, Crystal Palace on. tomorrow, though. I'm at Crystal Palace. Oh, okay. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Away game. So. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Exciting. How have you so sorted that out? Well, unofficially, there because um, there's no away fans, but I, I will be there. So if you if you see two people cheering uh, the right hand side of the camera, that that will be uh, that will be me and my son. So let's do a prediction special because that's what we're known for. The other thing, apart from the veggie burgers and the um, the kit discussion. Um, so we've got the remaining games which are playing tomorrow. Spurs are playing Villa and Leicester. 
Well, yeah, right. I, I, I've been taking this in one of my Arsenal WhatsApp groups. They've almost been taking yeah. the piss out of me. I've been religiously trying to work yeah. out all the permutations yeah. of, of what's going on. I mean, effectively, um, what we need is is Aston Villa to, to at least take a point um, against Tottenham, yeah. just to take that to the final day. Which could easily it, happen. Could easily well, happen. Yeah, I, yeah, again, I would I would. And they're not going to beat Leicester away. I mean, they could well, easily the, get one point out of the ne- those last two games. We could why. easily get six points out of the last two games. Exactly. Like, if they take a point and we take six, then St. Totteringham's Day could yet not be beyond us. Um, and then, obviously, it's, uh, you know, surrounds, you know, West Ham are exactly the same number of points ahead. So, I think it is going to be trickier because they obviously, they travel to West Brom, but we saw the fight that West Brom put in against Liverpool. And then they've got Southampton on the final day. But just given that West Ham have tailed off pretty significantly towards the end. Again, you just hope yeah. you can take that to the final and, day if they can just draw we've against got, West Brom. Yeah, we've got better goal difference than West Ham as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, exactly. So if they get two draws and we get two wins, we, yeah. we would finish so Alan, um, above them. Alan, Alan, that 12 to 1 seems quite a, rather a good bet at the mm. moment to me, doesn't it? It's the amount well, of... It's the amount of points that have got to be closed up in in just two remaining games. That's that's the reason. It's, yeah. it's all of the other results as an accumulator, basically. And because you need a a couple of draws in there, it's it's accumulating up all of we, those other yeah. results. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so tough. But, um, it was Tottenham to take one point out of six. It's West Ham to take a quite likely. two out of six, which and it's quite Everton. Likely. It's Everton to not take five out of nine that they've they've got, uh, five out sorry yeah five points so it's uh it's I don't know we we need a lot to go our way but I would just I just want to take it to the final day we just go and do what yeah. we got to do at Palace and hope some stuff goes our way um, just because you know if, if the pressure will be off us on the final day at home to um, at home to Brighton although. You, you can't help but wonder if there's one more twist in this season where like it suddenly becomes in our hands and we manage to cock it up. That would be, uh, that Oh would yeah. Be I mean, the most likely, the most likely thing is that, is that, um, you know, suppose we'll only get one point and West Ham will only get two points and we will lose one of those games and fuck it up ourselves massively. I mean, that is very, very likely, isn't it? What should we talk about this? Um, the, uh, the news that, um, Louise is leaving. I mean, I can't say I'm going to shed it. He's been decent, hasn't he, Alan? He's been, you know, he's proven, so he's, he's very, you know, he can play some really good balls from the back and um, we often look better with him in central defence than without him, I would say, this season. But equally, he's had games where he's fucked things up massively and thrown away, you know, thrown away almost single-handedly. He's been capable of throwing away games. So, and he's, and he's, and he's getting on and, you know, surely we've got to look forward. So I, I can't say I'm going to shed a tear to see him go. This goes back to what I said about Arteta. I can say the same thing here, can't I? Just uh, you could make plenty of cases to say that he's probably our best centre back. And as you say, the certain players that play around him look pretty good when they are with him, as opposed to not so good when they're not with him. So he seems to raise the game of certain centre back pairings that that uh, he becomes part of, but also you could easily make a clip show of, you know, some completely horrendous stuff in the last 18 months that would say, you know, he probably should be on his way. And again, I don't think, I really do not think that there is a clear cut opinion to be had on this. I know I like to be opinionated on here, but 
Yeah. I, I just think, I, I but considering think that, there's not a clear-cut opinion to be had on so many issues at the club at the moment. But almost, yeah, you're, you're right. But almost because it's not, I mean, I, I'd certainly happy for him to go. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm I think, certainly, you know. I think one yeah. thing I would say is that there are people that think that the kind of partnerships we had at centre-back in the, in the mid-2010, sort of 2013, 2014, I think we conceded something like 16, 17, maybe 18 goals away to the, the top three in the division. Um, you know, I think we had a six and a five and a and a seven or a six in there. Um, that's a huge number of goals across three games. And if you look at the games we played this season uh, away at some of the big clubs, I think I don't think any club scored more than one past us in in those away games. I know it's slightly different because away teams have been favoured in the empty stadiums or have had more favourable results in those empty stadiums. Yet, I think it's worth pointing out that something has happened with that defence in that they're not being absolutely battered uh, by the teams you expect them to be battered by. Uh, We've conceded three against Liverpool twice this season. I think he only played, did he play 20 minutes of one and a full game of the other? Did he get injured quite early in one of them? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Um, So... Again, it's a very hard hard thing to make a judgment on. I don't think it was absolutely awful for us. He did have a mistake in him. Most centre-backs do at the moment. If you ask them to play football on the deck, most centre-backs do have mistakes in them. And I think that, um, you know, he goes with our best wishes, surely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think it's been a good, you know, the, the cliche is it's been a good influence in the dressing room, but I think that's true. Um, the question is, will Willian go with him? I mean, that's, that. perhaps there are many, uh, here's one, here's one clear-cut thing. We can all agree, surely, that we'll be very happy if Willian goes and um, not so but happy if he stays. But here's another clear-cut thing, is that he definitely won't go. <laughs> and I think... And, and I know we're not doing it here, so I'll excuse us, but I think it's utterly pointless, those people who, you know, draft a tweet that has, I think X should go, Y should go, Z should go, and they list about 10 players. No team, unless they've got a raft of loanies or they get relegated or they have relegation clauses, gets rid of more than about five or six players every every turnover of a season. So I think, I think Arteta even said today, that most of the players that are contracted will stay. So I don't think anyone needs to get their hopes up. And, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of getting Bellerin out of the club because I think everything about him in terms of being a footballer is completely wrong for the attitude of the team around him. Um, And I'd be massively up for getting rid of him just because I think he brings everything else down. Yet he will stay. You know, it, there's no there's no chance he will he will not um, be at Arsenal next season, according to what Arteta said today. So you've got to really take everything that people say with a pinch of salt there, because yeah. clubs just don't have mass clear outs even when they need them. That's a very interesting point. We'll talk more about that the, the mass clear out theory after this break.
If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Um, from the break, I, I, I was thinking this myself because I was listening to um, a, a Five Live discussion about... Um, Arsenal and um, you know all the all the pundits were saying there needs to be a mass clear out and they're all listing you know half the squad and that you know and they were saying you could count on the fingers of one hand the players that you would want to keep and we're all we all know who those people are you know particularly the young players but I agree with Alan actually I think it's uh, I, I think it's fantasy land that that we're going to have this mass clear out I hundred percent agree I think you know I wouldn't even people talk about Lacazette going I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Lacazette stayed as well. You know, who's going to buy Lacazette? And, you know, I think, I still think Arteta really likes him. He's still the amount of times he's played him this season, ahead of, often ahead of Aubameyang. Um, so um, I agree I agree with you about, um, I don't know, Bellerin, do you think, but Willian, for example, there were stories in the press this week saying Willian wanted to go and that, you know, maybe some American team might take him or Chinese. I mean, if he wants to go, surely, surely he, he, he will go. Yeah, I think that's got to be one where if the player wants a move, there's there's a deal to be done because it can't be in Arsenal's interest to be paying very significant wages for a player that, however Arteta wants to spin it, has been has been a disappointment. And, um, you know, much as it was very exciting to see him get his first goal in the Premier League recently, um, it's not exactly enough to, to change an opinion from from a whole season. But I think the point Alan makes is is probably valid is there really genuinely a better offer out there? Is he, you know, happy? He's been living in London a very long time. You know, it would kind of feels like it has to be a sort of personal decision to, to go play in America, maybe less pressure, you know, opportunity for a, yeah. a different experience. That is the only way he, he leaves the club, you know, with David Louise, I think we probably all just about felt that by the end of the season and by the end of the sort of FA Cup success, that a new one-year deal was was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and maybe now, if you're trying to think about the future and where there's positivity and, you know, where you move forward, maybe maybe it feels like the right time for everyone involved. And, you know, we've had a bit of a problem at, at centre-back in some ways. You've got, you know, Rob Holding has played more football at centre-back than, than anyone else for Arsenal this season, which... It possibly is a, is a little bit of a surprise if you sort of reflect where, how we all felt back at the beginning of the season. And then you've got Gabriel, who's played in 21 Premier League games, in David Luiz, who's played in 20. Um, there's just been so much chopping and changing. And then even as we've come towards the end of the season, Pablo Mari's played in 10, Callum Chambers has played in eight. So there's, there's just been such a, you know, mm. such change in that area of the pitch. And the big question almost is, is what on earth is is the real Saliba situation. Well, we need to felt like that, a yeah. two year debate and we will hopefully have the answer by September as to, you know, does Arteta rate him enough to, 
not only having I mean, involved in the squad, but playing. I, I can't see. I mean, they have, we have to get Saliba in. We have to. He's had a really good season for Nice. You know, I, I saw another report from the weekend saying he had a really good game. I think what happened with Saliba, Alan, is that remember we played that we played that ultra ultra friendly preseason friendly, didn't we? At the beginning of this season, which was like behind closed doors and no one was allowed to um, comment on. And I know someone who went to that game who said that Saliba was absolutely diabolical, almost like unrecognisable as a defender, as a professional defender operating in the world of football. And he was so bad that I think, I think, um, Arteta just lost it and couldn't and thought he was just not good enough. And then that almost that was the end of it on that one moment. But I think you've got to be more forward looking than that, haven't you? And and now that he's had a good year on loan, good season on loan, rather, to Nice, we we can't afford to not have a 30 million young defender and make sure they, they fit into our squad, can we? Yeah, I think you're talking about the Brentford game where they shipped yeah. a few goals. Yeah. Um and I think they played Cholton as well, and it wasn't exactly a defensive masterclass in in those two in those two games. Um, I think something also happened after the game because if if you look at Arteta's quotes today, he actually said something about bridges have not been burned, and I think you'd only say that if something personal had happened rather than football football excuse or mm. football reason. So yeah, in his in his quotes about Saliba today, he said bridges have not been burned. So I wonder if there was a little kind of altercation or disagreement around those friendlies and around arranging his loan out of the club, and maybe his advisors or maybe even the player himself, even though he's quite young, might have been a bit disappointed about going out on loan, and therefore that might have been shown in a, a disrespectful way to Arteta or to. Uh, or to the right. senior management of the club. And I think that that is probably what's underpinning all this. And he's gone and got out of the way and he's got his head down and he's played football. And I was pretty sure by reading the quotes today that he will be back and will be, um, you know, one of the choices at, at centre-back, almost that like-for-like like replacement and everybody shifts up one uh, where yeah. the hole from Louise is. But But you mentioned holding and obviously, you know, uh, he always gets lumped in with Chambers, even though Chambers has been sort of helping out mainly at fullback rather than uh, at centre-back. But are those two players, top four players in the Premier League, are they, to me, they're very good squad players. They're the kind of people that, you know, come off the bench and you know that you've got a safe pair of hands and they keep up the homegrown quota and you know, full way of getting an, inj- an injury in their in their position, they can come in and do a job for two, three games. But if you actually put them in a team and they're the regular starters, you can't really expect to be above eighth or seventh in the table, which is where we are. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. You, you just hope that Gabriel and uh, and Saliba maybe could forge a partnership. You know. Yeah. D- um, but we'll see. The centre back do take two to three yeah. years to forge yeah. those partnerships, right. and I always say it. You know, um, if you if you want to be challenging for for honours, you can't really blood your centre backs. You have to buy them, and you know we we had the benefit of being able to blood someone like Tony Adams, who even acknowledges himself for his first couple of seasons made horrendous mistakes. You know, fortunately, it wasn't the time of you know, loads of highlights and matches and and social media. But if you can imagine, you know, if, if if all of this kind of technology was around when Tony Adams was being blooded into the Arsenal football team, 
you know, it, it would have been the same as his as his early starts with England. You know, he was getting pointed out for all the mistakes yeah. he made and needed yeah. he needed to go away for almost three years from the England setup and then come back as captain in '96. So these things do happen. Well, he was a donkey, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah exactly. he was the donkey. That's what he was, he was exactly. known as. Yeah, I remember so it very well. Kind of, yeah. That yeah. kind of scrutiny when you're a young centre-back, you know, it's very, very difficult to escape your mistakes. And I hope, I just hope the fans, if, if for instance, Arteta is very bold and says, like you've just said there, that has to be a pairing. So you're going to have to play in some games together. I just hope they get the kind of leeway that the fans would have given back in the day. Uh, we're in very different yeah. times. I, I think, I think, as I say, you need to buy your centre backs ready-made when you're trying to be as competitive as we are as a football club. Well, it could be. It could turn out that having had a, a season on loan that he is more of a of a we are someone we're effectively buying. You know, who's kind of now got that experience. So it's maybe it's maybe it's a genius long-term plan in the end yeah. from Arteta. But I agree with your theory as well. There's talk of Ryan Bertrand joining us, isn't there? And people are at left back. And oh, Josh is shaking his head. Everyone <laughs> uh, uh, already. I I'm not massive. I don't know. I mean, people are furious because it feels like another aging. He's 31. Um, you know, and it, uh, it, you know, you know, it looks. It feels like a kind of one of our yeah, kind of aging defender signings um, that have not worked out so brilliantly necessarily. But I'm not, I'm not hugely furious about the idea of it. I mean, he's an ex-England player, decent backup. We just need backup for Tierney, don't we? We just need solid. I feel like he's solid backup. What do you think, Josh? Why are you shaking your head? You're furious. No, furious would definitely be going <laughs> much too far. I don't, I don't think I'm furious <laughs> about the idea of, of Ryan Bertrand. Uh, coming you know to to, to Arsenal um look you're, you're right you know he's been around the international setup but I don't I don't think he's been in an England squad for something like four years I mean oh know, yeah no I'm not yeah. Um, yeah certainly you know not not in contention at the moment um look I mean we if it, it feels very deja vu to Cedric doesn't it we're taking a, a fullback from Southampton who's been solid for Southampton and you know, coming not to presumably be first choice um, at Arsenal. We, we, we left ourselves short at left back this season. And I think if Arteta was to have regrets about this season, I think that would have to be up there as, as something it probably reflect on because Tierney has just, just missed too many games, hasn't he? In terms of, um, you know, little niggles yeah. that, he's, that he's picked up. Um, you know, I think, yeah, 20, 25 appearances this season, Tierney, whereas if he was fit, it would literally be every game, you know, wouldn't it? So... Yeah, I think the problem with Cedric, Cedric for me was like, just what was he? Because he was more of a right-back, wasn't he? And then he was asked to play left-back and he's not, you know, I just felt well, that, that was that, an issue with him. There, therein lies the problem, you know. We were, yeah. we were asking someone who was Southampton's second-choice right-back to come and be play a number of games for us at, at left-back and yeah. that is always going to yeah. be a, a difficult ask. Um, look, it's a tough one to get right because if you're asking someone to come into Arsenal to be left back at the moment, they probably know they're not going to be first choice, right? I mean, well, exactly. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Player. So I think so I, I think we're living in a dream world if we're going to sign a brilliant up and coming left back. Yeah, we're we, going to we, be happy to be. You know, I, I you know, look if 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 the only business we do is Ryan Bertrand, we're, we're all you know <laughs> going to be unhappy. Yeah. If Ryan Bertrand is one of five or six that that come in and you know then good and and yeah he probably fits the bill of someone coming towards the end of his career who 
it, it may be one of them that makes sense for everyone. So no, I'm certainly not a furious. I was just sort of, you know, I yeah. think, I think there's a reality of, of what's going to happen there. And, and, Maybe the sell will be, you know, you wonder, will Arteta go back to a, a back five? And do we see more of Tierney playing actually um, in a three, which we've seen on numerous occasions? And maybe there is an opportunity for, you know, someone else to come in and, and get a decent amount of game time. Let's, we've got two games to predict and, we're only, and we haven't got long because um, I'm doing a Star Trek podcast at eight. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm uh, furious about. The idea yeah, that you would curtail this for that. Fair enough. I'm not curtailing. I was, ve- I was ready on the dot of seven for this. Let's, don't blame me. Don't blame me. Um, but uh, Alan, it, we've got, so we've got Palace away tomorrow, Wednesday and Brian at home. What's Josh, what's that you're showing Josh to me on I the camera? I was showing the baby monitor of my apology that oh, I had to get the enough. baby to sleep. Um, <laughs> oh, priorities, priorities. Josh. I've been nervously the hoping baby she doesn't sleep. start um, waking up because I'm home alone looking after her, but there we go. Oh dear, home alone. Um, I'm sure it, it'll all be Crystal fine. Palace, um, Alan's going to be there. You lucky man. Yeah, are we going to win there. now? What's going to happen? We haven't beaten them for five games, have we? We've got a oh, poor record sake. against them recently. Um, mm. But we've got a chance to win four games on the trot for the first time since October 2018 when we had that glorious wow. seven-game winning run in the Premier League under Unai Emery. <laughs> this will be Arteta's, um, if he can pull it off tomorrow, his first ever uh, four-game winning streak of Premier League games. Do you know what? I... I think we will win tomorrow. I think that Hodgson leaving obviously is a little booster for the for the Palace players in terms of giving him a send off. But yeah, I, I'm not sure they're that invested in him that it's going to up their game significantly to affect us. Whereas we seem to play a little better without pressure at the moment, and because of that, I think our ability tends to shine through, and we and we and we beat these teams. I think we'll win both upcoming games, and I think we'll win them quite by quite heavy margins. I think I'm, wow. I'm, looking, at, I'm looking at three heavy goals margins. tomorrow. Yeah, have we replaced Alan Alga with a positive? Yeah, what, where, will the real Alan Alga? What's what's happening? Invasion of the Alga snatchers. <laughs> so I've given no strong opinions on this podcast and said we're going to win games. I know it's terrible. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrible. Alan, are we going to end weird. up seventh or eighth? What do you think? I think I think just because what I was saying earlier, I just think. It not for want of trying. I think we'll win both games, but I just think the way that the points get shared out ahead of us, based on the the other remaining games, is that that sixty one might not be good enough. It might just be um, one point short of seventh place. I think we'll finish eighth. Okay. So, what do you think the scores? Let's do let's do both games. What do you think the the um, the Brighton game is going to be? I'll go for three one tomorrow night, and I'll go for four nil at the weekend. Love it, Josh. Alan's gone crazy. What well, you? yeah, I'm still getting over Alan's uh, optimism. I mean, I, I looked at the price. I mean, Arsenal are well, pretty much eight to fifteen to win away at Crystal Palace. It's certainly not one you'd want to be necessarily putting money on, but I do, I do think we can get the win. I mean, Crystal Palace um, technically could get, I think, their um, biggest ever Premier League points finish. I think they're they're, they're on forty nine um, in a previous year under Roy. Um, and I think they could technically get to 50. So there is something fairly perhaps minor that they, they still have to play for. 
Um, I think Arsenal will go and win um, 2-1 at Crystal Palace. And um, yeah, like a, 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 a nervy, maybe 1-0 win uh, against Brighton where... I just, I just hope. I hope there's some excitement on the final day for Arsenal, and that we just give ourselves a chance and you know put pressure on a sort of slightly nervy, hopefully Tottenham or West Ham if results go our way. That um, just gives us gives us an outside chance of the the glory that could be, become the UEFA Conference League. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I think we're going to. I'm saying it now. So I think um, I think at particularly Tottenham will fuck up somehow. God, I hope so. Um, so I do think we will beat Crystal Palace um, tomorrow. Uh, I think it'll be tight to the Islanders. I think it'll be a two-one situation, and then on Bright- Brighton at home, I think we'll do well. I think it'll be three. I'm going to say three-nil. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm going for the top for the top seven triumph um, against all odds. Um, saving Arteta's job. I mean, not they can't, not going to get rid of him anyway. But um, yeah, full steam ahead. I guess we'll have our last podcast of the season, won't we? Next week, we Josh? will. We will. We will reflect on the uh, on the season early next week, and uh, hopefully, hopefully seventh. I mean, amazing that that's uh, what it's come down to. I mean, when we started we'll doing be, this podcast, it was yeah. it was not seventh we were hoping for, but here we'll we are. be walking in a Conference League wonderland. Um, I'm off to put some money on Arsenal twelve to one on uh, 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 to, to come seventh. Alan, thanks so much as ever. Um, you'll, no doubt you'll be on uh, Twitter pointing out that um, it all started under Wenger. Uh, obviously, I agree the decline. Um, do you have that on a on a, like a cut and paste? You know, you just have that phrase. The decline started with Wenger under Wenger when you're in um, yeah, to all these idiots. All these that. idiots. Some, someone said to me the other day, said, you spend all your time doing that? I said, I looked and it was about an hour's worth of tweeting in a year. So all my yeah. time versus an hour worth of tweeting in a year. Yeah, yeah It's the same point over and over again. But the, the sheer frustration that people can just ignore certain aspects of his management at the club, <laughs> just paint a, a rosy picture when I, nothing is that rosy. Um, you've set me Indeed. off, boy. I didn't even mean to set you off. I was just, it was just winding down, winding up the podcast with a, with a tribute to your, um, your uh, I, skills. I have an ongoing commitment to downgrade <laughs> exactly. the value of Arsene Wenger's management of the club from great to good. <laughs> so that is a brilliant summary of your ongoing mission. Even five-year mission to explore great. You are no. This is my Star Trek podcast. That I'm doing next. Okay. Even great would not be enough. It was uh It was above great. So we will we will end on that note. So Boyd, you can wrap up. We'll end on that note. Thanks, Josh. Thanks very much to Josh. Thanks so much to Alan. And we'll be back next week for our uh, cheers Alan, for a final one of the season. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com/live.